Well, Heidi, we've got another uh, great speaker coming on who is the head of a very important organization in the world of grief, loss, and recovery. Yes, Mom. The Compassionate Friends has been a big part of both of our lives and our family's life. My mom and I both served on the board of directors for many, many years, and we have been very involved in the organization. And we are going to introduce you today to the chief executive officer, Sherry O'Loughlin, and she's going to talk about the Compassionate Friends finding our way through sharing our grief, peer-based grief support. And you can see her now. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Heidi and Gloria. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you. Excellent to see you. Great to see you as well. It's been a long time. I know. We're going to be really happy to have the conference. Uh, tell us where it's going to be and what the date is. It's going to be in Houston, Texas from August 5th to 7th this year. And uh, we're super excited. This is our 45th national conference, last two virtually, and um, we kept going through it, but we're so excited to see everybody in person and um, welcome new attendees and longtime attendees and people have already been reserving in anticipation. So we're yeah, excited. We'll be there. Yeah, <laughs> we would definitely give a shout out to everybody there that has had the death of a child, a sibling or a grandchild, please try to go because it is very, very healing and life-changing. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about Sherry. Sherry O'Loughlin is a bereaved parent and chief executive officer for the Compassionate Friends. The Compassionate Friends is an international nonprofit organization with over 500 chapters across the United States, providing peer support and education to bereaved siblings, parents, and grandparents. She is the author of the book, Life from the Ashes, Finding Signs of Hope After Loss. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you to all who are attending today. And I'm really excited to have been invited to join this wonderful International Day of Hope and Healing After Loss Conference. I hope everyone's been enjoying this great program as much as I have today. I, I keep trying to prepare for some other things and then I come back and I don't wanna miss another segment. So it's really been an inspiring group of topics and speakers and panels that you've put together. And as was said, Open to Hope has been a wonderful supporter of the Compassionate Friends for many years, of course, stemming from their own deep and personal connection after the death of their brother and son, Scott. And today, I just want to speak with you a little bit about how we can find our way after loss through sharing our grief through peer support. The idea of sharing our most painful loss with others we don't know makes most people feel pretty uncomfortable at first. If you would have asked me prior to becoming a bereaved parent whether I would want to share my innermost heartbreaking loss with a room full of strangers, uh, that couldn't have sounded less appealing. Yet, when we find ourselves unexplainably faced with something we can't imagine will survive, sharing with people who truly understand is invaluable. While I more recently became a brief parent, um, not everyone knows that I'm actually also a bereaved sibling, and um, that was part of my growing up. That's part of a significant part of who I was. This was before um, bereaved sibling was an acknowledged term and something that experts understood and addressed, and there was a whole field of study about. I became a brief sibling many decades ago, and as is common, you've heard today with childhood bereavement, all that I had known and the rules of life that I felt I could count on in life were shattered. Peer grief support groups weren't available at that time since the Compassionate Friends was just forming in the US and most of the other types of peer grief support organizations that are commonplace today and we know today, including the Dougie Center, began later. 
In fact, we were encouraged more so to not speak much about such tragic things and to get on with the moving on of your life that was expected back then. I think this helped others to feel less uncomfortable around us with something they couldn't fix or control and maybe less vulnerable. But it was incredibly isolating to never know anyone around me who could relate to what I'd been through or who I felt a commonality with to better process my own experience. Decades later, um, when I shockingly became a brief parent, I was again faced with this isolation and separation from those around me, those who still had all their children and the rules of life they had known and counted on still intact. Thankfully, at that time, the Compassionate Friends was a resource available in a new way that someone told me about and brought to my attention. And it was life-saving for me, particularly after already living decades without this type of support. So there's two ways that sharing our grief can help us find our way through the unimaginable. Initially, we receive that support in the early days of our loss that we desperately need. And this helps us to take steps forward into a brand new world that we never anticipated being a part of our lives. Later, through our efforts to support other newer grievers, we can experience our own growth as we work to make meaning from our loss. As was mentioned in a couple of the other segments, telling our story of the death of our loved ones is a critical first step. When the death is shocking or out of order or with no explanation or resolution, it's hard to even find words for what we've been through. We can't begin to process and understand something that we can't even articulate. The experience is unbelievable to us and it's unbelievable to everyone around us. The process of telling our story over and over, over time, helps us to acknowledge what happened and to begin understanding this new reality that we suddenly are living within. Typically, people who have not experienced this type of pain and loss have a pretty limited capacity to hear someone's story in detail or periodically, and yet this is so important to the bereaved person. So having a network of others who share this sorrow is important because they obviously have better capacity to understand. When we share our devastating story of loss, we also receive a level of needed caring and compassion that we can witness in the eyes and comments of others around the room. It's very validating of what we are experiencing inside and of our own heart's journey. A few months after my son Connor's horrible accident, I ran into a woman in my exercise class who I hadn't seen in years. She was a fellow mom on one of Connor's earlier soccer teams who was seeing me for the first time since it had happened. One of her sons was the same age as Connor and had been a teammate, so it hit her very deeply and personally, even though we weren't close. When she saw me, her heart sank and she just didn't have any words. She immediately began to weep. She couldn't stop herself and tears were streaming down her face. She was embarrassed and apologized right away for crying because she was worried that she would remind me of my loss and cause me more pain by crying. I told her that she didn't need to apologize at all. Um, crying wasn't a very appropriate response. It was horrifically sad. But for me, it was also a gift to see her tears and to have her share my pain. Often, instead, people try to cheer us up and offer a silver lining or platitude just in case we're not able to see our tragedy through the eyes of all the at least. And it's good you have dot, dot, dot perspectives that we can hear often. She lightened my burden just a little by truly sharing my pain at that moment and provided a validating mirror to me for what I was feeling every moment of every day. This validating mirror and sharing of our pain happened through peer grief support as well. When a bereaved person shares their pain with other grievers who understand, they gain a lot of things. They learn better ways to process their grief through insights from others. 
They identify healthier coping techniques to help manage the pain rather than the ones that can be easy for us to reach toward in an attempt to numb them instead. They discover how others are living meaningful lives after unthinkable loss, which we can't even begin to imagine is possible in the immediate aftermath. They find a caring community of support during the early days that follow and sometimes for a lifetime. As we breathe longer, we also benefit from having witnesses to our very long journey and the ways in which we change as grief shapes us over time. When we're newly bereaved, particularly as a parent or sibling, there are other things we are experiencing in addition to just the sheer pain of losing this person who was so precious and irreplaceable. The despair is more than our hearts can bear, yet also we have other challenges. Common feelings when we're newly bereaved can include feeling as if nothing like this has ever happened to others, particularly if the death was shocking, unexplainable, and out of all contexts of expectation we thought we had when we thought we were doing the right things in life. The inundation of pain can feel like our experience of loss is the worst possible, and nothing others have experienced could be as bad. We can feel like we must have done something wrong to deserve such pain and deprivation. We can feel like there's no one who could relate to the changed life we're leading and the depth of sadness that overwhelms us constantly. We can feel that we failed as parents or siblings. The guilt and shame we carry can be powerful and debilitating. We can feel as though we don't deserve happiness again. So beyond having somebody hear our story and a place to share our grief, which are really important, peer support can also help ship some of these really complicated feelings that come with it and make our sorrow worse. Often it's easier to grant grace to others before we can grant it to ourselves. For example, when we see someone else as human and deserving of forgiveness, we more readily hold the possibility of forgiving ourselves for our failings. When we grant someone else the right to happiness again after their loss that they couldn't stop, we may allow ourselves the possibility of deserving happiness again someday too. When we can encourage others to let go of guilt and shame for what they could not control, we can begin to unburden our hearts of those a little more. When we find compassion for others who have lost, we more readily can feel compassion for ourselves. Our empathy grows and our ability to hold space for someone else's pain grows by learning from someone who has offered that to us. The commonalities of our shared experience of deep loss often connect us in ways that are more powerful than the differences that we see on the surface. Frequently, I've met other brief parents or siblings who seem at first very different. Their losses are different, their life experience is unique, and they may be of another culture, race, age, or religious belief. Yet, we come to find that these differences are of secondary importance compared to our shared loss and pain. Much of how we feel, what we do, how we live, our understanding of the world going forward, and our lifelong challenge of living with loss is the same. During my first years of bereaved mom, I was grateful to find a facilitated support group of bereaved mothers in my area. We all had experienced the death of our children within the same year, and all of them were still at home in our care and had not yet become adults. Within this group of eight, some of us were younger and some older. Our children had died from very different causes and at different ages. We were from diverse cultural backgrounds and we had distinct upbringings and lives. Each situation was entirely different and terribly tragic with no easy understanding. I learned that there were multiple ways I hadn't fathomed that incomprehensible tragedy can affect a family. I wasn't alone or somehow targeted. 
Each of these women was a good person, a good mother, a good wife, a good daughter, a professional, neighbor, and friend. They all did lots of the right things and something tragic still happened. All of us were able to find more positive steps forward because of sharing something so profoundly painful with those who could truly understand, hear, and witness it. We could see commonalities in our sorrow and hold important space for the individual burdens we each uniquely carried. We gained significant empathy for one another that shifted the perspectives of our own losses. In some ways, these strangers who shared my heart-shattering loss provided support in a way that well-intended people who knew me throughout my life just couldn't. So peer support starts by providing help for newly bereaved persons' darkest times. Volunteers are ready to help those newer members who may feel desperate and alone. And examples of how more seasoned grievers made it through can allow someone newly struggling to find a ray of hope that they might, might make it through as well. Later, peer support can provide a periodic reflection of where a person is on their grief journey as the years continue. There's a kinship and connection with others who are making it through alongside one another and who are managing throughout the natural changes and stages of life also. Peer support then shifts further to the griever lending a hand to others. Through volunteer leadership as a mentor and a supporter, more seasoned grievers hold space for others and at times are really an unwavering rock to those experiencing the raw and debilitating pain of new loss. I love a quote by Rumi that says, a wound is the place where light enters you. This holds true for many of us as we become further out from our loss. Over time, we see things through a different lens after the death of our loved one and which lens is always our choice. Uh, I loved at the beginning David Kessler's description in his opening um, when he was speaking about the loss of his own son. He said that it was brutal then and it's brutal now. That's true and an apt description for many of us, regardless of what others sometimes see on the outside. Yet we have a choice of what comes after that sentence. We can say it was and remains brutal and I can never live happily again. Alternatively, we can say it was and remains brutal and I can perhaps still live very well. We can choose our precious moments every day consciously and with gratitude. We can choose to grow from our grief. We can choose these ways of living in honor of our loved one who died and in honor of our own journey from brokenness. And often peer support can help us choose which lens we see our loss through and the lives that we can create are better. There are many ways to find and be involved with peer grief support. The Compassionate Friends provides support to families who have lost a child at any age and from any cause. Our mission is to provide highly personal comfort, hope, and support to every family experiencing the death of a son or daughter, a brother or sister, or granddaughter or grandson, and to help each other assist the grieving family. A variety of ways to participate are available, including um, about 550 chapters we're up to now that host grief support groups across the country with a presence in, every, presence in every state. Our virtual support reaches now about 900,000 annually, which is amazing. Through our main Facebook page, our private Facebook groups for specific losses, our Compassionate Friends USA website, and our additional uh, Zoom groups. Those who want very direct involvement attend regular in-person chapter meetings, our virtual support programs, local events, or our annual national conference that was mentioned. People who prefer to interact from wherever they are located and at their own pace gravitate to our private Facebook or online chat groups. And then we have additional opportunities for honoring and remembering our children, grandchildren, and siblings 
like our worldwide candle lighting program. Members can stay for as long as they need, and many weave in and out of involvement with us along the grief journey. Some people stay for a few meetings, some for a few years, and some throughout their lives. We have free re resources on our website and through educational materials too. For more information about the Compassionate Friends Peer Support Organization, please visit our website at CompassionateFriends.org. And as we mentioned earlier, our national conference is being held in person this year in Houston. Uh, Cindy mentioned it earlier on the sibling panel, and um, I'll mention it here again. It's our 45th national conference, and we have just a wonderful array of keynote speakers, uh, workshops, performances, sharing sessions, sibling Sunday, so many things. And it's for parents, it's for siblings, grandparents, other family members, and friends who want to support them. And more information about the conference is on our website as well. Sometimes the very thing a bereaved person needs can be found through peer support. So deciding how we live forward after a significant loss is a choice we have and we make it each and every day throughout our lives. Peer grief support can be a key to helping us as we do the very hard work of incorporating our loss over a lifetime. Please reach out to us if you would like additional information on how we can support families after the death of a child. Thanks again for providing this opportunity to share more information about the Compassionate Friends and how we can find our way after loss by sharing grief through peer support. There are many people all around who are here for you.